are the Rookie Phenoms. We have an amazing show for you today. I'm your host, Coop, with my main man, Webb. What up? We have so much to get into today. Webb is taking a lot of joy because we are doing the AFC South, and that means I am going to be sad. Webb, are you ready for today's show? Ooh, had it circled on my calendar, Coop. You are a scumbag. Before we get into that, I want to talk about Carl Lawson really quick. We did the AFC East show very recently. I was pretty high on the Jets because and Carl Lawson was a major reason of that. Today in practice, he might have torn his Achilles. If he did, he's out for the year. How does this change your outlook for the Jets? Does it hurt him a lot or a little bit or not at all? Yeah, so this is devastating news for the Jets, obviously, and even more so for Carl Lawson. Um, it does change my outlook on them a bit, at least from a defensive side. Um, huge blow. So I think I had them winning seven games in my prediction. I wouldn't be surprised if they lost six or five. Sorry, if they had five or six wins now. That's assuming that the Achilles is torn. We don't know for sure, but I don't know. Usually when that happens, if it's not torn, it's it's a pretty damn bad calf injury or something. It's not good news. Whenever someone thinks they have an Achilles tear and it hasn't torn, it almost always tears next time they do something. So I think his season is most likely done which sucks. I hope he's okay. I just looked, I had them winning five games this year. If he is out, probably three. I think he makes that much of a difference for the defensive line. He really hurts them. They have no depth at all in this team. It was all just starters. So it's bad web. It's really bad for the Jets. It is. So hoping that he's okay. I assume he's going to miss time. I doubt he's going to be ready for the season opener, even if he did not tear the Achilles, but I'm assuming that he did. Doesn't doesn't look good. No. So, well, I'm, I'm hoping he's okay, but it's a bad sign. Let's move on to the AFC South Division breakdown. I have been dreading this day for months. I knew it was coming. I did not want it to come. 2020 records for these teams. Tennessee won the division at 11-5. and five. Indy also went 11-5 and five and got a wild card. Houston went 4-12. and 12. Jacksonville went one and 15. What were your thoughts about these teams after the last season was over with positive negative? What, what do you think about them? Um, this division looked really bad. The Titans ran away with it um, pretty much. And the Colts, I think did better than people expected, but Jacksonville at one and 15 was a fraudulent one and 15. They, they were better than that last year. They were tanking for Trevor Lawrence and Houston um, only, only winning four games. They were better than that. I think that's one of the reasons why Deshaun, sorry, that J.J. Watt wanted out. And I think in Houston's last game, he said to Deshaun Watson, like, uh, you know, you deserve better than that. We're wasting your career. Something to that effect. Like, I'm sorry. Uh, This organization is terrible. He hinted at not wanting to be there. So I think that the, 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 the AFC South looked worse than it really was. And I think that they've improved. This season, I I think Indianapolis tying Tennessee at eleven and five means Tennessee did not run away with the division, but you were a bad person and try to insult Indy at every step you get. So I get why you did that. That's fine. The same record means the other team ran away with it. Apparently, according to Webb, makes sense. <laughs> Sorry, I I think I misremembered. I think I remembered Tennessee winning twelve games, but I'm obviously wrong. So you're right; they had the same record. Ran away with it. Ran away with it. It just seems so. I don't know. 
I don't remember Indy being as as good, but Indy was a good defensive team. So dominant. It's my faulty <laughs> memory. My bad. It's always faulty and negative issues for me. It's the worst. You just want to hurt me, and it's terrible. You're a bad person. I was too excited to bring you down today, Coop. <laughs> well, we're going to start in alphabetical order. So that will not be brought down just yet. Houston is first. In 2020, they went 4-12. and 12. Uh, The story of their offseason is pretty obvious, and Webb and I have not really talked about it all offseason, for obvious reasons. But it is Deshaun Watson has requested a trade. And as soon as that happened, he had, I think, twenty over 20 sexual harassment, assault allegations made against him. The league has not suspended him yet. He has not been put on the commissioner exempt list yet. But I think Deshaun Watson's future in Houston is the story of their offseason. Do you agree with that? Oh, yeah. And, you know, not to really get into the details, but the FBI is looking into the allegations. So I'll just leave it at that. Um, Definitely agree with you. This was the shadow looming over the uh, organization for the entire time. Yeah, and we don't know what's true, what's not true. But Deshaun Watson's situation made it really hard for me to break down this team because I have no idea who's going to be their quarterback this season and what the fallout could be from a suspension. If he gets traded somewhere, I have no idea what's going to happen. He's going to practice, but he's not really practicing. He's just in the building. I have no idea. But let's move on to the coaches that we do know about. They have a new head coach. It's David Culley. He was in Baltimore previously. Not a coordinator, I don't believe. I believe he's a linebackers coach. They got the offensive coordinator, Tim Kelly. And the defensive coordinator is Lovey Smith, uh, former Bears coach. Great defensive mind. Webb, do you like this staff? I think those are some, some good coordinators. Lovey Smith is uh, a great defensive mind, as you said. Um, David Culley, I think it, the the... The choice to have him as the coach surprised people. Um, so I don't know. It remains to be seen with the head coach, but I do like that Lovey is the DC there. He was he was really good. Um, and uh, and yeah, he has an awesome gray beard now. By the way, for anyone wondering, very cool. I was wondering about his facial hair, so thank you for filling me in for that. That's good to know. <laughs> you look worse, man. I was like, what does Lovey's beard look like? And you answered that question, so. That's what the (laughs) listeners come here for. Uh, David Coley felt like an uninspiring hire to me. It felt like some shady stuff an owner would do to shut up Deshaun Watson while not acquiescing to what he wanted in Eric Bannamy. I did not like what they did. I think he's been set up to fail. I don't see him being there for a long time, and I think it's terrible what they're doing to him in Houston. They also have the new GM, too. So They got Nick Casario the former Patriots guy who they wanted to hire last year, who is, we're going to get to, I think he's doing actually a pretty good job. We're going to get to it, but it's a tough situation for everyone there. That's not uh, the scumbag preacher. So their draft happened. They had no first round pick, no second round pick because the Laramie Tunsil trade. So with the third, their first pick in the third round, pick three, they took Davis Mills, a quarterback from Stanford. Later in the third round, they took Nico Collins, a wide receiver from Michigan. And in round five, they took Brevin Jordan, a tight end from Miami. I like Davis Mills. I like Brevin Jordan. Nico Collins was after me, but I don't think Davis Mills is anywhere near ready to play. And Brevin Jordan probably needs to put on some weight. So I don't hate this draft class, but I'm not sure it's going to help them win any games this year. What did you think about it, Webb? Uh, I wasn't... A huge fan of the draft. 
They only had five picks. They didn't pick until uh, the third round, 67th overall. I don't dislike Davis Mills, the player. I just didn't think it was best for for, uh, Houston, having not had any clarity on Deshaun Watson and not getting, you know, one of the top quarterbacks that are projected in this draft. So uh, I wasn't huge on that, but I don't think they did a bad job. Like sort of uh, Nick Cachero had a, a bad hand and uh, I didn't mind the, uh, the Nico Collins pick either. So Davis Mills was the number one high school quarterback coming out a few years ago. He had a lot of injuries, so he fell, but the upside is there and I get them taking a swing on him. But just, I don't think Houston's the team to develop quarterbacks anymore. It's going to be a tough time for them. But their free agent signings were really interesting to me. They made no long-term deals. Everything is basically a one-year deal or a two-year deal in rare circumstances because they want to move on and rebuild this roster. They signed quarterback to Rod Taylor from the Chargers. One year, five and a half million. They got wide receiver Andre Roberts from Buffalo, two years, five and a half million. Running back Philip Lindsay from Denver, one year, 3.2 million. Linebacker Christian Kirksey from Green Bay, one year, 3 million. I'm going to do two more only. Desmond King from Tennessee, one year, 3 million. And running back Mark Ingram from Baltimore, one year, 2.5 million. There was 20 more signings. It's insane how much this roster has rebuilt. Do you like these signings, Webb? I do. I like the signings. Um... I'm not a huge fan of Philip Lindsay. Never have been. Thought he was pretty overrated, and the narrative was better than his actual skill. But in, in Denver, um, Mark Ingram's kind of over the hill at this point, but not bad to have. I'm sure he can uh, make some some big plays at points. Um, I liked it. I liked uh, some of the signings that they had uh, in the secondary with uh, Desmond King, who was great for te- uh, Tennessee when they traded for him last year. And um, yeah, uh, Chris Cronley as well. So I, I don't mind their, their offseason when it comes to free agency at all. So for me, I like that they're all short deals and they're all professional football players. These are guys that are in the NFL that deserve to be in the NFL and that can play football. I like Philip Lindsay more than you do. I think he's electric at some times, but I just they're not bad players. They signed their roster was one of the worst in football. And now it's OK. So I think they did a good job. They did have some losses, though, that were rather seismic. Uh, future Hall of Famer, defensive end, J.J. Watt to Arizona for two years, $28 million. Wide receiver, Will Fuller to Miami for one year, $10.6 million. And their center, Nick Martin to Las Vegas for one year, $1.2 million. Are these losses going to hurt them, Webb? Oh, for sure. Uh, and if you want, you might have to even count Deshaun Watson as a loss, depending on what happens. Uh, I think Will Fuller might be the best receiver who can't stay healthy. Like, consistently and i'm not counting julio because julio plays most of the season but will fuller he's gonna get concussed or something's gonna happen like you can't count on him game to game um jj watt is obviously a hall of famer and uh can still be really good i think as long as the defense is not solely reliant on him and um and yeah if they have Deshaun, great if not it's a huge uh hold i have a question for you that i had not brought up to you before J.J. Watt as a rookie was not great. Year two through year five, I think he won three Defensive Player of the Year awards. If he retired after his fifth year with three Defensive year, Player of the Year awards in five years, does he get the Hall of Fame? Sorry, if he retired after year five? Yeah. He has three Defensive Player of the Year awards. Only five seasons. First year wasn't that good. 
is he in the Hall of Fame? Probably. At least getting serious consideration for it. I don't know if he gets in like first ballot, but I think he eventually gets in just based on that. I think he doesn't, but I think he should. I think five years isn't enough time, but it's only like four really good years. But I was just thinking about it when I did a Jay Watt. I was like, does he make it or not? Because after he started, after he was really good, his decline has been really noticeable and he's barely played. So would it been, have been better for him history-wise if he retired at the end of it? When he was great, he retired, moved on with his life. I think he might be in the Hall of Fame. He's definitely getting in now. I think if he retired, he sh- he wouldn't have been, but I think he should have been. That makes sense. You raise a fair point. Uh, I'm looking at his stats right now. Yeah, 2012 to 2015, those four seasons were were really good, and then there was a there was a huge drop off since then. And he had like a resurgence in 2018, where he had 16 sacks, played 16 games. You know what? I'm looking at. He's had three seasons where he's been injured, but the other seasons he's played full seasons. Really? That is surprising yeah. to me. From 2011, like his rookie year, to 2015, five seasons, he played every game, started every game. Uh, 2016, he only played three games. 2017, he only played five games. 2018, he played all his all 16 games. 2019, only eight games. And then uh, last season, he played all 16 games. There's only been three seasons he's not played, but every season that he's – like he's either not played a lot of games or he's played the full season. That's interesting. That's kind of okay. – yeah, I thought he missed a lot more time than he did. Me too. I thought I thought he missed like a lot more than that. That's surprising. It's good to know. Yeah. Okay. Uh, cap space wise, Houston has nine point two million dollars, the seventeenth most cap space in the league. So breaking down their strongest units, uh, this one was kind of was interesting to me because they're not super strong anywhere. But for me, their strongest unit was their offensive line. They got Laramie Tunsil, who's one of the best left tackles in football. They traded for Marcus Cannon from the Patriots, who was a really good right tackle. Titus Toward will probably have to play right guard now. His first round pick. Justin Britt can play. Justin McCray can play. I think it's a respectable unit. What did you have for their strongest unit? So I actually have their strongest unit um, as their corners. I, uh, I don't disagree with you that their offensive line is better than it has been. Um, but I actually really like their corners a lot more than they had before, especially with the pickup of Desmond King, uh, who I'm a fan of. Uh, they have Bradley Roby, Terrence Mitchell, uh, who isn't great, but he's solid. And I think I, th- I think it's a solid uh, roster of corners. Uh, they have Justin Reed in the second in this in the secondary um, as one of their uh, their safeties. I think it's solid. Like I was really surprised, and I think this team is going to be better against the past than than I expected. So that's what I have as the, for me, their strongest unit. But I don't disagree with what you said. Fair points. They have, their defense is better in spots than you think it is, for sure. Did you have a runner-up? Because I did. Uh, it would have been, um, actually, so it, I was looking at the the, the O-line. Larry Mutunzel is very good. I just didn't have much confidence in the rest of the, the line. But uh, but you're right about uh, Marcus Cannon, who's been solid. I was considering the receivers, actually, because I think Brandon Cooks is like one of the most underrated receivers in the game. But it's a very thin uh, uh, receiving core, so I actually did not have a runner-up. Long-winded way to say no. Yeah, that's what you do. Long-winded ways to say no. <laughs> the second title of this podcast. Uh. <laughs> I had the running backs. I think it's a good group. 
David Johnson is a serviceable running back. Philip Lindsay, I think, is good. Mark Ingram can block his ass off. And Rex Burkhead's a good pass catcher. I think that's a pretty solid four players right there. They can play. What did you have as their weakest unit? Because I think this one is really easy to see. I think you'll agree with me here. So I had several. I had I had quarterback. Um, uh, because we don't know who the hell is gonna play. Is it is it Tarad or is it gonna be uh Deshaun? Is it gonna be uh, uh Davis Mills? But I also have uh the backfield <laughs> as, as one of their weakest. <laughs> wow, way to stab me in the heart there. Wow, that's ruthless. <laughs> and so I don't it's not that I think these players are bad. I just don't know if I can rely on them to generate a lot of yards on the ground. But, um, and I think this is definitely a committee, like David Johnson, probably on third downs, catching passes, uh, Philip Lindsay, Mark Ingram. I think these guys all would have been good in 2018. Um, but I just, I just don't, I just don't have that much confidence in them, but it's not, obviously it's not the worst backfield in the league. It's, it's probably better than I'm giving it credit for. I think I just don't, I'm not really a fan of Philip Lindsay and like seeing him potentially lead this just worries me. Did you have Philip Lindsay in fantasy football some time ago? No, never had him. Surprising. Okay. I agree with you about quarterback being their weakest unit because Deshaun Watson might not play any games. And then Terod Taylor hasn't played any football in what, two and a half years. And then Davis Mills played 11 college football games. So there's a, there's a huge question marks there. Not much experience. No, not much at all. My runner-up was tight end. Uh, Jordan Akins is not terrible, but he gets hurt quite a bit too. Brevin Jordan's kind of interesting, but he's a rookie and he probably has to get a little bigger. So I'm not sure what they're doing there. I'm not going to let Webb talk anymore since he insulted the running backs and I took that personally. Uh, (laughs) Webb, what is your outlook for this team in 2021? Same as you. Up in the air. Uh, so I'll say this just to cut it short. Um, if Deshaun does not play, I see them winning four games going four and 13. If by some possibility Deshaun plays all games, all the games, I see them winning seven games. I think he's that good. So seven wins with Deshaun, four wins without. That's really funny. Cause I did the exact same thing. I did if Deshaun plays and if he doesn't play this record wise, I think this roster is better than I thought it was going to be going into doing this. Their defense has a star player at basically every level. Safety has a star. Corner has a star. Linebacker has a star. Pass rush has a star. Depth isn't great. So injuries could kill this team. I have if Deshaun plays seven and 10. And if he doesn't play three and 14, I think Deshaun gets you four more wins. And to be fair, he played last season, all the games. And they only won four games. So we have to take that into account. But I think three and 14 without him, seven and 10 with him. That makes sense. Um, Deshaun is very good. Top five, uh, you know, skill wise and production wise. He's so good. So, yeah, I, I think what you're saying makes a lot of sense. Okay, we're going to move on to Indianapolis now. Uh, in 2020, they went 11 and five and lost to the Bills in the wild card round. The story of their offseason is trading for Carson Wentz. And hopefully putting to bed the questions of who their quarterback would be after Andrew Luck's retirement. Webb, did you have a different story of the offseason? Uh, no, I don't think so. I don't think I did. It probably probably would be uh, Carson Wentz. 
their coaches are head coach Frank Reich still there. They have a new offensive coordinator because Nick Sirianni is now the head coach of the Philadelphia Eagles. So now they have Marcus Brady and their defensive coordinator is Matt Eberflus. Do you like this group web? I do. Reich and Eberflus uh, in their short period of time being an indie have shown that they, uh, you know, they're, they're results oriented and, and, and they're very uh, much so able to, to, to really develop these players and, and make Indy one of the more underrated defensive units in the league. I agree. I like all three of these coaches. Frank Reich, one of the best offensive game planners in football. Eberflus has one of the simplest schemes, but it works. I like what they're doing. In the draft, they made some mistakes, Web. I'm not going to lie to you. I did not like everything they did. <laughs> it's not a fan. I'm not going to lie. I'm still holding the grudge. In round one, uh, they chose to not draft Christian Derrissaw, who fell at left tackle. Instead, they took Quiddy Pay, a defensive end for Michigan. In round two, they took Deo Odebayengo, defensive end from Vanderbilt, who has no Achilles left. Then in round four, they took Kyle Granson, a tight end from SMU who cannot catch. So a lot of stuff going on here, Webb. What do you think? Did you like these picks? I actually like the Quiddy Pay pick quite a bit. Um, Deo Odebayengo, um, not huge on him. Kyle Granson. Do you guys have like 11 tight ends at this point on your roster? How many tight ends do you have? We have four, I think, that are actually going to play. Okay. Um, yeah, I wasn't huge on the Colts draft, but I did like the Quiddy paid pick. A lot more than you did, obviously, because you hated it. So, to be fair, I like Quiddy Pay. I think he's actually going to be a good player. I just know that we have no left tackle right now, and our quarterback got hurt on the second day of practice while not being touched. And a magical freak <laughs> injury from high school Broke his foot somehow. So, no, let's have Sam Tevy play left tackle for us while Eric Fisher, who also has no Achilles left, recovers. It's a great idea. God, I hate this team. Uh, yeah, so I had some issues with the draft web. I, I like the Sam Ellinger uh, pick. I thought it was good and, and no risk at all to the Colts. Round six. I liked it. I, I like Sam Ellinger. I wish he was the starting quarterback this year over Carson Wentz. He's a guy I could root for. <laughs> Good, good person. <laughs> in free agency, they were interesting. We had the most cap space going into free agency, or second or second most cap space. Did we spend it? No. Instead, they sold, they signed Eric Fisher, a tackle, for one year, eight and a half million, second year option as well. Eric Fisher tore his Achilles in the AFC title game, so that was good. They re-signed 85-year-old T.Y. Hilton, one year, eight million dollars. They re-signed 65-year-old cornerback Xavier Rhodes, one year, $4.7 million. They gave Subway Turnstile Sam Tevy from the LA Chargers, one year, $2.5 million. And they re-signed Marlon Mack, one year, $2 million. Again, no Achilles. Are you sensing a theme here, Webb? What the Colts yeah. are looking for? No Achilles, I think, is their theme for this season. You guys have the best uh, uh, physiotherapists and, 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 and training and, and uh, rehab staff in the NFL. You're the Phoenix Suns of, uh, of football. <laughs> oh, God, I hate this team. Uh, do you ever wish you could just quit being a Lakers fan when they do a bunch of dumb stuff in a row? Never. Never happens. Like when LeBron James signed there, you weren't like, God damn, this team? No? Uh, yeah, I was disappointed. I'm not going to lie. Very disappointed and very outspoken. And I, couldn't, I, I didn't want it to happen. And now he's your favorite Laker ever. 
Okay, so not true free... at all. <laughs> <laughs> so they had some free agent losses. They lost defensive end Danico Autry to Tennessee for three years, $21.5 million. Backup quarterback Jacoby Brissett to Miami for one year, $5 million. Uh, linebacker Anthony Walker to Cleveland, one year, $3 million. Defensive end Justin Houston to Baltimore for one year, $2 million. And safety Malik Hooker to Dallas for one year, $900,000. Do you think these are big losses for the Colts? Uh, No, I don't think so. I think all the guys that you lost are replaceable. Not saying they weren't good for the Colts, but I just think that they're all replaceable. Um, Autry was good. Malik Hooker was good. But I think uh, I have enough confidence in the Colts to recover on defense. Jacoby Brissett is obviously a backup, so I'd take Carson Wentz over him. You probably would say otherwise. 100%. (laughs) So, no, I don't think it's a huge loss. Yeah, I I would have liked to see Danico Autry stay because I think he was pretty good. Uh, Justin Houston, one year, $2 million is really cheap. I think we probably should have done better than that because he was, I think he had like eight sacks last year. So I would have kept him around for that little money, but I get what they, I understand what they're doing. They're trying to get younger. It makes sense. Cap space. They have $12 million, the 13th most in the league web. What is your strongest unit for the Colts? Uh, The O-line. Even with uh, your left tackle not having an Achilles, Colts have had like a top five O-line for years. Um, even when they were protecting the guy who retired, it's they had a top five O line for one year with Andrew Luck. When Quentin Nelson got there as a rookie, they were good. Before that, they were terrible, absolute dog trash. So continue. <laughs> Ooh, somebody is passionate. Um, <laughs> yeah, Quentin Nelson, one of the best guards in the league. Uh, uh, Mark Lewinsky. Fantastic guard, Brain Smith, good good right tackle. Eric Fisher was one of the top tackles, probably top uh, top ten, maybe higher than that before the Achilles. Um, I think it's and 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 uh, and Ryan Kelly is a good center. So I I think it's a very good offensive line. If Eric Fisher is eighty percent of what he was, I think you, that that's good, especially for the money you signed him for and the length of time that he signed there for. So O line for me, but I have others. So I had the O-line as my runner-up. And it would have been the choice if it wasn't for health. I'm not sure when Eric Fisher comes back. Quentin Nelson just had surgery. Ryan Kelly's still hurt. So I, it's a great line if everyone's healthy. But like I've said, I'm not sure when everyone comes back. But we'll see. But my strongest unit was the running backs. I think Jonathan Baylor, Jonathan Taylor, sorry, is one of the most talented running backs in football. Marlon Mack, when he had his Achilles, was a top 10 running back. Naheem Hines is one of the best pass-catching running backs in football. And their four-string guy, Jordan Wilkins, is averaging 4.9 yards a carry during his career. Those are crazy numbers. I think that's a really good unit. What was your runner-up? The interior defensive line, which I thought was really good. And obviously the numbers would say so too. Uh, The Colts were second in yards per game uh, for rushing yards allowed. Obviously, that's a great stat, uh, and it's in big part to DeForest Buckner, who was new last year, and uh, <clears throat> Grover Stewart as well, who's very good. So that was my second uh, – that was my runner-up. Uh, little side note, Grover Stewart is one of my favorite stories in the NFL. He was a fifth-round p- pick from a historically black college. Those guys don't get as much notice as they should coming into the draft process. He dominated, got paid last year, I think, three years, $30 million. 
super happy for that guy's a hard worker. Really like hearing his story. Uh, what is your, the weakest unit on this team, you think, Webb? That's some candidates. Um, I hate you so much because I could see the joy in your face when you said, oh, here's some candidates. Like, I just, I hate your guts. So, uh, so the quarterback in terms of health is very weak. So I have a tie. Quarterbacks. And I'm not too uh, high on the secondary. Quarterbacks were my number one as well. Carson Wentz, while healthy, is a gigantic question mark. And when he's not healthy, it's even worse. Jacob Eason and Sam Ellinger have zero NFL experience, and they're the guys fighting for the job. And I'm going to assume one of them plays a bunch of football for the Colts this year because Carson Wentz has WBB syndrome. So I have some doubts, man. I really don't like this. I don't like it. And my runner-up was not the cornerback or secondary unit. I think those are, pre- those are pretty good. Uh, it's the pass rush. Not the interior, because like you said, those guys are great. Those guys are great. But Quiddy pays a rookie. Kamoko Ture has never been healthy for even half a season. Deo Odabingo has a torn Achilles. And Ben Banagu almost got cut after last season as a second-round pick. (laughs) And the general manager came out and said that. Like, he didn't even deny it. He goes, yeah, we almost cut him. I told him, we're going to cut him if he doesn't do better. Wow. And... If you're blatantly saying like, yeah, we might, we might cut this guy second round pick last year, but he kind of sucks. Not a great look for the team, but. Does that make the GM Ballard look bad as well? So I don't think it does. I think it because he's willing to move off of a mistake. I think the general managers look bad are the ones that force these guys into the lineup when they suck. That's fair. I think that's a, I, like Trent Richardson for the Colts at running back was garbage, and they kept making him play, and he was terrible. <laughs> Super Bowl bound. <laughs> <laughs> and and just about, like, the secondary. So my thing is, like, I think Xavier Rose is solid, um, at least in, in Indy. Like, he was he was fine, you know, in pockets on, on, uh, on the Vikings. And um, uh, Kenny, Moore is, Kenny Moore is good, and, and Julian Blackman had a really good rookie season. But I, I just find it kind of thin other than that. Maybe you, like, you've watched a lot more Colts games than I have, so maybe you disagree, but I think that's why I had them. I, I, I guess I had them a lot better than I thought they were, and a lot deeper. Okay, so for the corners, I think Kenny Moore is the best slot cornerback in football. So I give him a little more credit there. And Xavier Rhodes was great in the Vikings for a while, and then he was terrible because they asked him to play man-to-man defense. For the Colts, he's playing mostly zone defense. So his lack of athleticism that's left isn't as big a hindrance for him. Uh, Rocky Sin's pretty terrible, but I think Julian Blackman has some upside. Kari Willis is really safe. I think it's a pretty good unit, but it's not the best in the league, but it's not terrible. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Webb, what is your prediction for this team this season? And no, if Carson Wentz plays, if he doesn't play, what is going to happen at the end of this year? What's the record for the Colts? I have the Colts at nine and eight. I think the defense is good enough that they'll uh, they'll carry them. I was looking at the Colts' record. It's sorry, the Colts' schedule. It's not fun uh, from weeks one to five. His first five matchups are not fun. So I wouldn't be surprised if the Colts started out zero and five. I'm gonna say the Colts are gonna be nine and eight, but they can be very bad. They can go five and and twelve. Honestly, um, I'm not hedging. I'll, I'll stick with nine and eight because um, they can run the ball. Uh, I think. I think Carson Wentz is healthy. They can he can uh, definitely sling it around to solid receivers and uh, running backs who can catch the ball too. 
and the, and the defense can stop the run. So it's not easy to beat the Colts. I think if Carson Wentz plays, his team will be worse because he will throw 45 interceptions. This is an elite defense. I think Buckner is the second best defensive player in football. Darius Leonard just got paid the highest paid middle linebacker in football. <coughs> really strong defense, but if you have no quarterback, you have no team. So in 2021, they go 6-11. and 11. It's going to be a tough year for the Colts. I think they do go 0-5. I think that's likely what's going to happen. And uh, it's going to be tough. And this might cost Frank Reich his job because he's the one that pushed for Carson Wentz. And if that happens, he deserves to go. So I'll miss you, Frank, but good luck. So uh, just for the listeners who aren't familiar with the Colts schedule, uh, week one, they're at home to Seattle. Week two, they're at home to my Rams. And then they're on the road in week three at Tennessee. Week four at Miami. Week five at Baltimore. So honestly, I could see the Colts going 0-5, but I could also see them going 3-2. and Like, it, I just don't know how that's going to shake out. Um, but I don't think Frank Reich would get fired if they went 6-11. and I know he tied himself really heavily to Carson Wentz. But if, Car- if, Car- if Carson Wentz plays, and he plays terribly, and he plays in 75% of the games, we have to give him a first-round pick for a trash quarterback. Maybe they don't fire him this year, but the seed's getting really hot, and he probably deserves to go. You can't give up this many assets for a bad player and keep your job in the NFL. Like, it doesn't work. It doesn't work like that. He just got extended last week, and I'll drive him to the airport myself. He had one bad season, Carson Wentz. One bad season. He broke his foot playing two-hand touch, <laughs> and no one touched him. He broke his foot playing zero hand touch. Yeah, that's bad. It's it's amazing. I hate this. Not team. great. Okay. Uh let's move on to the Jacksonville Jaguars. In 2020, they went eleven and five. Sorry, one and fifteen. The story of their offseason is hiring Urban Meyer to totally change the culture of this team. Could have went with Trevor Lawrence. What did you have it as, Web? Yeah, for me it was Trevor Lawrence. And Hope in Jacksonville. There really is hope. They're going to be good, man. I like this team. Uh, the coaches are Urban Meyer, a head coach. Oh, offensive coordinator, Daryl Bevel. And defensive coordinator, Joe Cullen. So a lot of NFL experience at the coordinator positions because Urban Meyer has none. I think Urban Meyer is either going to be a really good head coach or terrible. And I don't think there's an in-between grounds. Uh, a lot of these college coaches think they can talk to the players in the NFL the same way. And these guys are richer than you, so you can't. In college, you can bully a player and like, I'll take your scholarship away, I'll get nothing. In the NFL, these guys have $30 million. They don't care what you say. So it's either going to be really good for four years or terrible after two. What do you think, Webb? Uh, Yeah, I don't know which way to go because I didn't like... I'll get into it. I think it's more likely that Urban Meyer is underwhelming than he is uh, really impressive, at least this year. In the draft, they took in round one, pick one, Trevor Lawrence, quarterback Clemson. Round one, pick 25, Travis Etienne, running back Clemson. Round two, pick one, Tyson Campbell, quarterback, cornerback Georgia. Round two, pick 13, Walker Little, tackle Stanford. And round three, pick one, Andre Sisco, safety Syracuse. Did you like this draft? Uh, I mean, Trevor Lawrence helps it, but I wasn't huge on it. I thought it was, it could have done better. 
especially with uh, Travis Etienne uh, as their second pick in the first round. They didn't have to do it. I think that was just that was lazy. I don't like having to pair, uh, you know, teammates in college on the same NFL team. I just don't. I I don't think it's. I think it's short sighted. Um, when you have other needs pressing and it just doesn't make up for the gap. So I thought the draft was saved with Trevor Lawrence. I also liked the Walker Little pick and Andre Cisco Andre is supposed to be one of the best D-backs, uh, a hidden gem. So I, uh, I think those picks saved it, but I, the middle picks, Tyson Campbell, Etienne, I didn't like it. You could have had Greg Newsom instead of taking Tyson Campbell. That's could've, what I think. Could've, that's what I, th- yeah, I agree. <sighs> <laughs> so in our mock draft i said the jaguars are definitely taking travis atn because they're stupid you did you know how they're you know how you know they're stupid because last year they had an undrafted rookie free agent named james robinson who was excellent for them i think he had a thousand yards he was undrafted so to think you need to use a first round pick on a running back is so stupid you had a guy who's good for nothing you could have had greg newsome you could have had different tackles. You could have had so many other things. And the thing is, I like Travis Etienne. I think he's a really good player. I just think it's so stupid to do this when you didn't need to do this. It doesn't make sense to me. Uh, after he got drafted, they said, we're going to play him at wide receiver some, like Christian McCaffrey. I was like, don't try and switch this now. You did what you did, okay? <laughs> lazy, man. It's laziness. really is. I think Walker Little... If he can stay healthy, is going to be a gem for them, by the way. So that is something to look out for. In free agency, they did some really interesting things. They got a cornerback from Seattle, Shaquille Griffin, three years, $40 million. They got safety, Rayshon Jenkins from the LA Chargers for four years, $35 million. They got one of my favorite receivers in football, Marvin Jones from Detroit, two years, $12.5 million. You hated him. No, he's super reliable. I hate him because oh. he killed my fantasy team. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Okay. I think Marvin Jones is a really good player because he's so like no one ever thinks about him. Then you see him, he's like, oh, he had 900 yards this year. That's pretty good. Yeah, no, he's solid. Uh, they got Roy Robertson Harris from Chicago, three years, 23.4 million. They got Carlos Hyde running back from Seattle for two years, four and a half million. And then tight end Chris Manhurts, who is still a real person, I guess, from Carolina for two years, $6.6 million. I've yet to see a picture of him. So the jury's out. I 1,000% agree. I looked at that today, and there was no picture of him on spot track. Yeah. Do you like these signings for, for Jacksonville? I like some of them. I like the Marvin Jones Jr. signing. I, I, I agree with you. I think he's solid, especially for people who've had um, uh, Kenny Galladay or Golden Tate as fantasy players. Marvin Jones was always vulturing those damn touchdowns and pissing you off. So I kind of hated Marvin Jones for a couple of years, but he's, he's, he's very good. And um, he'll get you 100 yards, two catches. <laughs> he gets that a lot. 80 yards, one catch. Um, I like the Carlos Hyde signing uh, for depth. Um, I like the Shaquille Griffin signing. Um, I like that a lot. And uh, um, yeah, so, so, solid uh, free agents. I think they were good moves. Yeah, I didn't hate them. Shaquille Griffin's really good. Marvin Jones is just a professional receiver. Uh, we're not really talking preseason games here much because they don't matter at all. But Trevor Lawrence's first series, he wasn't doing too much. And then he threw a 36-yard pass to Marvin Jones, who went up one-on-one and jumped over a guy and got it. And I, it's a really young receiver room in Jacksonville. 
So I think having one veteran will really help them out. I think it's a good idea to have someone like that in the room. I agree. They had some losses. They basically lost every single one of their receivers from last season. Keelan Cole to the Jets for one year, five and a half million. Chris Conley to Houston for one year, 1.5 million. D.D. Westbrook to Minnesota for one year, 1.1 million. They lost Al Woods, a defensive tackle to Seattle for one year, two and a half million. And they lost their star quarterback, Mike Lennon, to the Giants for one year, 1.3 million. And they traded away Joe Schobert to Pittsburgh for a six round pick. They gave Joe Schobert $50 million last year. They paid him $18 million to go away. This is crazy. Do you like these? Do you think these losses hurt the team? I think they don't really matter that much at all. Uh, none of those guys were number one receivers. I don't know if they're even number two receivers, but no. Yeah, Keelan Cole had some moments, but I agree. There's no big loss. This team has the most cap space in football, $31.8 million in case anyone gets cut. Well, what is Jacksonville's strongest unit to you going into the season? You might find this a little weird, or maybe you won't. Uh, I think it's quarterback. and. It's the depth at quarterback that they have. Like, C.J. Beathard was solid, solid backup. Uh, Gardner Minshew, who I know you love, had a good series of games. And obviously, Trevor Lawrence, who we expect to be good or great eventually. I think it's a, a solid... Like, if anyone goes down, I think this team can still function. I had the quarterback as my runner-up for strongest unit, so I agree with you. Trevor Lawrence is going to be a star... And I think Gardner Minshew is the best backup in the league, not named Justin Fields. So I think it's a really good, really good quarterback room. My strongest unit, though, was running back. James Robinson is really good. Uh, Travis Etienne is really good. Carlos Hyde is a really good third down back. I think that's a really solid room. They can do different things. I think it's a really good, it's a really good room. Did you have a runner up? Yeah, I had. So I had the running back depth as as a runner up, and I also had um, uh, guys on the on the. Sorry, the defensive end. Uh, Josh Allen, Caleb Von Chasen. I think they're solid. And I think, uh, I guess maybe the pass rush overall with Miles Jack there too. Like I think I, I think it's a solid uh, a solid unit. It's not what I expected from, from Jacksonville. So I was impressed. Malcolm Brown's there as well. Like, it's not bad. What do you have as their weakest unit? I think this one is really obvious, by the way. If you say something different, I will judge you. <laughs> what are you gonna say tight end <laughs> their number one guy doesn't exist <laughs> oh, tight end. by the way i just looked up chris manners i found a picture of him so he is a real person maybe um i have my doubts yeah i don't know if it's actually him. um but i actually i don't like their secondary their secondary it the thing is i like the cornerbacks like Shaquille Griffin's good. CJ yes. Henderson was a first round pick. Tyson Campbell is an early second round pick. They have some guys. They're just really unproven so far. So I get what you mean. Yeah, that's the thing. I like I like Shaq Griffin a lot. Um, but yeah, the rest of the guys are kind of unproven. So that's I think that's why I had them as as a weak unit. But who knows? They might be a really strong unit going into the season. We have no idea. Apparently, CJ Henderson is available for trade, by the way. So he might not be there after the season. Right, I I did see that, yeah. I guess the weakest unit, definitely tight end, because I'm not sure Chris Manhurts is a real person. And James O'Shaughnessy is very meh. And did you have a runner-up? Uh, no. Uh, uh, you know what? When I was doing this uh, exercise, I was looking at the O-line, but I think it's actually better than I expected. Um, so, so no, it's not, I don't have a runner-up. 
I had it as defensive tackle. Taven Bryan never developed. I think Malcolm Brown is add to me. Roy Robertson Harris is add to me. I just I think it's if one guy gets hurt, they're really screwed there. So I, I think that's uh, an issue for them. I think it'll be easy to running on Jacksonville this year. Okay. That's fair. What is your outlook for 2021, Webb? What is this team's record? There's a quite a bit of unknown. I don't know how good Trevor Lawrence is going to look throughout the season. And the wide receivers here, I'm not that impressed by. I like Marvin Jones, but after that, DJ Chark is he's all right. I've never really – he hasn't really grown on me. Uh, but they do have really good running backs, like you said. It's also a tough division. So I see Jacksonville winning – Five games, five and twelve. I could see six. So I don't think they're a bad team, and I think the one and fifteen was obviously fraudulent. So they're not; they weren't really that bad last year either. Five and twelve, but I could see six and eleven. Jacksonville is going fourteen and three this year. No one believes that. No, hundred percent not. They're going to go seven and ten, though. They're going to go seven and ten. This team is better than people give it credit for. I think Urban Meyer can turn things around quickly. He just can't sustain for longevity. Like he's going to be good for three years, maybe an terrible. <laughs> he's got some guys in the room that he wanted there. Really fast guys on defense. Tyson Campbell can run. I, I think this is the kind of roster he wants to build. And I think Trevor Lawrence is truly special. As a rookie, Andrew Luck went 11 and five. I think Trevor Lawrence is that type of prospect. And I think this Jaguars team is probably better than the team Andrew Luck had. So I think seven and 10 might be selling him a little short. I could see nine and eight really easily for this team. I believe in Trevor Lawrence 100%. Man, nine and eight? Wow. I'm saying seven and 10, but I think the ceiling is like 10 and seven, nine and eight. I think that's very realistic for this team. It's okay. going to be good. Yeah. Okay. Uh, next up, Tennessee is on the board. In 2020, they ran away with the division, according to Webb, at 11 and five. So, you know, it's basically six, seven, 16 and 0, basically in Tennessee there. Ah. Uh, the story of their offseason to me was they tried to improve enough to compete with the powerhouses in the AFC. They tried to get better at key spots to make themselves competitive. What did you have as the story of their offseason went? Uh, to me, it was getting Julio Jones. So a more nuanced way of what you said, where they're trying to compete. And I imagine Julio was probably the, the big player that you were thinking of. I think that's less nuanced than what I said, but okay, sure. English doesn't matter anymore. Uh, for coaches, they have head coach Mike Vrabel. For offensive coordinators, Todd Downing. And their defensive coordinator, Shane Bowen. Uh, they've lost their offensive coordinator and defensive coordinator from last season. So I see that being an issue for them. Do you like this coaching staff web? Uh, it's fine. I don't know uh, if, I, if I believe in Vrabel. I think he's a really great player coach probably can relate to guys very well i don't know how long he's going to be in the league as a as a, a head coach never been really been sold on him I, I feel like he's gotten a little lucky at times i agree a thousand percent tennessee's offense has been good and their defense has been terrible and he had nothing to do with the offense but he still gets credit and it's crazy to me yeah, I could see this being a tough time for the Tennessee Titans coaching staff. In the draft, they took, in the first round, Caleb Fairley, cornerback, Virginia Tech. In round two, they took Dylan Raddins, a tackle from North Dakota State. And in round three, they took Monty Rice, linebacker, Georgia. What did you think of their draft? 
thought it was solid. I think the positions that the positions that they addressed were in areas that they needed, um, you know, shoring up. So, you know, the secondary, O line, um, the linebackers. So I'm, I thought it was solid. Did they get the best players at each position? Maybe not, but they uh, they they had the right intentions. So for me, Caleb Fairley, it's possible is the best cornerback in this draft and one of the best non-cornerbacks at quarterbacks in this draft if he can stay healthy and that is a huge if like he's had two back surgeries dylan radden's played tackle for uh trey lance so he played at a lower level i think he may probably needs to gain some weight to play in the nfl but i like the picks like you said they're pretty good picks they're solid huge upside swings on caleb fairly but if it works out it's going to be a star they did the same thing with jeffrey simmons i think two years ago and now he's that team's best defensive player. So they've had success doing this in the past. So we'll see if it continues for them. And in free agency, they took some swings, Webb. They took some huge swings. They signed defensive end outside linebacker Bud Dupree from Pittsburgh for five years, $82.5 million. He tore his ACL like at near the end of the year. And they still gave him that money. They got defensive end Danico Autry from Indy, three years, $21.5 million. They got cornerback Norris Jenkins from New Orleans for two years, $15 million. They stole a guy from the Rams, Josh Reynolds, the wide receiver, for one year, $1.75 million. They got cornerback Kevin Johnson from Cleveland, one year, $2.2 million. And they traded for Julio Jones from Atlanta. Do you like these moves, Webb? So I loved what Tennessee did in in free agency. I thought they had one of the best off seasons in the league. Again, address the areas of concern. Uh, they drafted uh, Christian Fulton in 2020. Now they drafted uh, Caleb Farley this year. Added Janoris Jenkins. I mean, they lost some guys too. But um, Bud Dupree, I thought, was a great acquisition. The money and the commitment with him coming off the injury, uh, we'll see. Josh Reynolds, I think, is good for for depth. I thought he was solid on the Rams, but when you're a Rams receiver, you 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 might look better than you really are because no one's there except for Cooper Cup. Um, and I think I think they had a good offseason. I think they, getting Julio Jones, I think, is is great to you know take pressure off Derrick Henry potentially. I think it was a really good offseason, at least in terms of free agency. I agree. I think Bud Dupree. If he was fully healthy, is worth that money. Janico Autry is a steal. Uh, this whole thing comes down to Julio Jones, for sure. He is their key prize. But I have a question for you, Webb. Did you know Janoris Jenkins legally changed his name? Did you know this? I was on a website today, and I saw some... The hell did he change? Jack Rabbit? <laughs> yeah. I didn't, I didn't know he legally changed his name. I thought that was just... You know, like how... Adam Jones went by Pac-Man Jones. I didn't know he actually changed his name. On their roster, the Tennessee Titans official roster, it says Jack Rabbit Jenkins as his name. I don't think you're allowed to do that on the official roster unless it's legal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think Pac-Man Jones, it still said Adam Jones, like legally on his name. Wow. So I think he legally changed it to Jack Rabbit Jenkins, which is amazing. Well, he better live up to that name. How many kids does he have? <laughs> I have no idea. Because unless he has like 45 kids, I don't understand why he wants to be called Jackrabbit. I don't get, I don't get it. Is that like a, is that a terrifying football thing? I'm so confused. I don't, I don't know. I don't know why he, that's insane that he changed his name. 
I saw it and I saw Jackrabbit Jenkins and I was like, oh, I didn't know that was his nickname. Enough to like replace his actual name, like Magic Johnson. Like never heard of this guy being called Jackrabbit in my life. If your name was Jackrabbit, your nickname, would you want people to know that? That's a terrible nickname. Yeah. Like that's that's just weird. It's forever generous to me. 100%. It's terrible. Uh, this team did have some pretty big losses, though. Uh, they lost basically all of their cornerbacks. Dory Jackson went to the Giants for three years, $39 million. Malcolm Butler went to Arizona for one year, $3.2 million. Desmond King went to Houston for one year, $3 million. They also lost a bunch of their pass catchers. Tight end Jonu Smith to New England for four years, $50 million. Corey Davis, the wide receiver to the Jets for three years, $37.5 million. They lost... Adam Humphreys, wide receiver to Washington for one year, 1.1 million. Then they lost Jadavion Clowney, the defensive end to Cleveland for one year, 8 million. And Daquan Jones to Carolina for one year, 4 million. I think these losses are going to show up in a lot of ways. Those are some really big names that they lost, some key pieces of their team. I think people are writing off the rest of this division, think Tennessee runs away with it. And after these losses, I am not so sure. Do you think these losses matter to them? I think some do. I think some are replaceable. Also, side note, I just Googled Janoris Jenkins did not legally change his name. He just, apparently he said, I've been going by uh, Jackrabbit since I entered the league. So when he went to Tennessee, I guess he asked them to change it and they did. But yeah, not important at all, obviously. Um, no, that, that is important. That is very <laughs> important because that's way worse. That means you don't even believe it enough to change your name to it. <laughs> That is genuine. I thought he was like, I want to be called this, and he changed his name legally. And I was like, it's stupid, but at least I respect the effort. He did nothing. This is terrible. Way worse. He made, he made a request. Um, so Desmond King, I think, is a big blow, even though they only had him for like half the season. Uh, Johnny Smith, big blow, huge blow. Uh, Malcolm Butler, who most people remember from the Super Bowl on the Pats, but I think he was he was solid uh, in Tennessee secondary. I'm not a huge fan of Corey Davis, so I think he's replaceable. I think Daquan Jones is a little underrated, and Clowney Clowney's good to have as you know a specialist, but eh, not a huge Clowney guy. So I think some guys were big losses. Some guys are replaceable. Okay, so for cap space, they have six point three million dollars the 23rd most cap space in the league. Webb, I think this team's strongest unit is pretty debatable. They've got a pretty good team all around, but to me, it's wide receiver. Julio Jones and A.J. Brown is either the best one-two punch in the league or at worst, the second best one-two punch in the league. Josh Reynolds, I think, is a quality number three receiver. They got some guys that can be number fours. I think this is a really good unit. What did you have as the strongest unit on Tennessee? I agree with you that they have quite a few options to choose from. Uh, I had the receivers actually as my runner up. It was very close though. Very, very close. Like by a hair. I have the D line as my uh, number one unit because I think they're stacked. Uh, I'll just go down the list. Danico Autry, Bud Dupree, uh, Jeffrey Sin Simmons, Harold Landry. It's, it's like, I don't think I even need to say more. Uh, uh, Tyre Tart. Um, who's okay, but I mean, like those four guys alone, like I think are very, very solid. Um, and it's just because it's, because there's more people and it's deeper. It's, it's not the they're not at the level of of AJ or Julio and their with their respective positions, but it's just the the depth and the the 
the physique and the, the intimidation and the skill there that I thought was just a, a tad better than, than the receivers. Defensive line was my runner-up, so I agree with you. It's excellent as well. I could. It's very close. Uh, Jeffrey Simmons is about to be a household name. He's going to be that next like DeForest Buckner type player. Danico Autry, I think, is one of the most underrated players in the league. Bud Dupree was an, a Pro Bowl player who got hurt. And I still kind of believe in Harold Landry a little bit. I think he can get a little better. So I agree. I think it's a very solid group. Good call. What is the... I'm sorry, go ahead. I had one more. Go ahead. The secondary. That was a distant three, but I think their secondary is underrated. A little unproven. Sort of like Jacksonville, but like with, with, with Farley, all the things that you've said, high upside. Christian Fulton wasn't great last year, but he might be good this year. High draft pick. Janoris Jenkins, Jack Rabbit, whatever the hell his name is. Um, I still believe in him. I think he's solid. And I think he played well in New Orleans last year. Kevin Byard has uh, been one of the top safeties for a while. Top 10. Probably higher than that. And now they have, uh, sorry, they have a money hooker who's it's fine. But the names I listed off were, I think, really good, really high upside. Uh, this is a team that's, so I'm just looking at my, my notes. Uh, we're not good against the pass at all. I think that might change this year. This was, this was Derrick Henry or bust. And I think now they have more pieces to not be so reliant on him. Fair enough. Uh, what did you have as their weakest unit? I, I think this one was also pretty obvious. So to me, it wasn't that, that obvious, but it's, <laughs> you're picking on the tight ends here, aren't you? You're pick- <laughs> They're really bad. It's really bad. Tight ends are terrible. I don't understand why. Like Johnu Smith, they let him go. And their best tight end now is Anthony Ferkser. Does he scare yeah. anybody? <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know what he looks like either. Um, but yeah. was, was that your pick? It was kind of a tie. Like I, I'm still not a believer in Ryan Tannehill, and I had QB as another weak position here because I think it's he's gonna fall off a cliff at some point. There's no way he keeps this up. He's had two really good seasons after like six years of garbage. I'm not a believer in Ryan Tannehill. He might prove me wrong again. Uh, Matt Barkley, I think, is the backup. Still has a job somehow. So <laughs> it's a tie for me. No, but Ryan, in all seriousness, sorry. Go ahead. Ryan Tannehill is good. The problem in the first five years was Adam Gase. Whenever someone leaves Adam Gase, you become good at football again. I think you you're underestimating right. you're underestimating that about Tannehill and how bad Ryan Gase is. I think you could be right because he's been good ever since, and I'm just waiting for the other shoe to drop. But he might have another good season this year. Okay, so. Did you have a runner-up? Oh, sorry, it was quarterback. Uh, my runner-up was their cornerbacks. So I, I disagree with you about it being the strongest Ooh. unit. Uh, Jack Rabbit Jenkins is 33, and the Saints were happy to let him go. Caleb Fairley couldn't stay healthy in college, and that kind of scares me. Kristen Fulton is a guy I liked coming out, but only played in six games last year. So they did not think he was ready to play football last year. So I think this past defense was bad and expensive last year. Now it's bad and cheap, which is better, but it's still bad, I think. I think this, and, and that's kind of what I was saying. I think this, they have high upside in the secondary. I think it can be much improved. They were 29th in passing yards allowed last year. 
Um, I think they can be much better than that. There's not much, you can't get much worse than that. But I think they could, they could be somewhere middle of the pack. So we'll see. Let's see what you're saying. Okay, so Webb, what is your prediction for how Tennessee ends this season? For some reason, I thought Tennessee got way better, but they, I don't know if they did. I think they replaced the losses. Um, they definitely got better in the receivers. So I have Tennessee uh, winning 11 games. That's like last year, but uh, they're going 11 and 6, I think. I think the the AFC South has a tough schedule. Um, they play the NFC West and the AFC East. Uh, so who knows? It's football. NFC West could be, I think the NFC West is the best division in football. They might end up being the worst division in football, just based off the random sort of things that happen. But I have them as 11 and 6. What do you have? So we agree. I also had them at 11 and 6. I think this team comes down to whether their offense can maintain maintain what they did last year and if their defense can get just a little bit better. Their whole cornerback room is gone. Derrick Henry had a gigantic year last year, but there's always a consequence for that the next year. And he got paid a lot of money. So Webb he got and I paid had this, last year, though, and he had the best like, year of his career. Wasn't it mid-season last year, though? Or was it before the season started? No, I think it was before the season. He got paid uh, after Tannehill. For some reason, I thought it was in like October he got paid. So never mind. Okay, never... It was him, Dalvin Cook, and uh, Kamara. Yeah, all you're around right. The same you're time. Right. You're right. So you think there's no risk of Derrick Henry being bad this year? I think, I think the front office sees something potentially about to happen, so they bring in Julio and these guys to, you know, sort of take the reliance off of of Derrick Henry, preserve him a little bit, throw the ball a little bit more. Yeah, they're gonna have to. Okay. So to recap the divisions, I have Tennessee in first at 11 and six, Jacksonville in second at seven and nine, Indianapolis in third at six and 11, and Houston in fourth at three and 14. What did you have, Webb? Uh, Tennessee at 11 and six in first, uh, the Colts at nine and eight. Uh, in second, I have really weird <laughs> Houston potentially in third if Deshaun Watson plays at seven and 10. But if not, I have Jacksonville in third at five and twelve, and uh, Houston at f- what did I have that four and thirteen? If Deshaun does not play, last place. That's bad. Yeah, it's bad for Jack. Bad for Houston. Okay, what is your bold prediction for this division this year, Webb? Uh, right. I was trying to remember. It. Jacksonville leads this division. In offense, points per game, something you wouldn't expect. Urban Meyer helps in that respect. They're just not a team that can sustain leads and actually win. That is a good one. That is a good prediction. Wow. Mine Thank was you. kind of right up that alley, and now I'm going to change it because I don't want to steal like copying you. What was it? It's about James Robinson having over 1,500 total yards this year. Okay. Why is it? That's not that much related to it. It's the Jags offense. I'm, I believe in though. I think that's okay. Okay, sure. Uh, Trevor Lawrence. See, all of them are Jacksonville related. I want to do. It. <laughs> <laughs> do you see nothing in Tennessee? Nothing in Indy. Uh, Carson Wentz will be thrown in jail for being terrible at quarterback. They're gonna like charge. They're gonna plant something on him. Like he's going to jail. They have to get rid of this guy. <laughs> okay. It's terrible. Why do How you many not games like Carson is- Wentz? Uh, so it's what we gave up to get him 
how bad he's been and his personality in general being terrible. Okay. He had one bad year. I I know you've looked at the stats. He had one bad year. I think that after they won the Super Bowl, he thought he was the best player in football. And he started acting like it. And those guys almost never do well. When you start, when you get hurt and they win the Super Bowl, and then you still act like you won the Super Bowl, I have an issue. He didn't play in the game. And he's like, I'm Super Bowl winner. This is amazing. You didn't do anything. You got hurt. Like, he thinks he's the best quarterback in football. And he's not. Did I bet him to win MVP this year? Yes. Is that because I'm pathetic? Yes. And you have a problem. 100%. I'm going to get help for that eventually. But, uh, okay, here's my here's my prediction. Michael Pittman will have over 1,000 receiving yards this year. Okay. 1,150 yards for Michael Pittman. Over. Okay, there we go. Boulder. There we there go. There you go. 1,150. All right. And I'm trying to convince the guy that has Michael Pittman in our fantasy keeper league to not keep him because he's going to be bad. So hopefully he's not <laughs> listening to this right now. The, so if he gets 1150 yards, uh, Michael Pittman, where does that rank in this division for like receiving yards? Uh, oh, he'll be the best receiver in this division. Yeah, okay. that's kind of yeah. baked in okay. Yeah. All right. You know yeah. what? I had, an, I, I had a bold prediction that I thought was... Uh, oh, sorry, effective. sorry. No, he won't be. AJ Brown and Julio Jones are in the vision. No, he'll be top three though. Okay, top two. See, top two. Yeah, he'll be top two. Another. I don't know how bold this is. This was a prediction. I don't think Julio reaches a thousand yards this season. So, one of them won't. AJ Brown or Julio. That's why I said Pittman will be top two, because one of them will do better than him, and one of them will do worse than him. Okay. But I don't so know who that's going to be yet. So he's top three though. I think he's top two. Pittman will have a top two top in this two, position. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's going to have a big year. And if you're listening, don't keep him. I have a question for you. Uh, do you know Julio Jones' real name? It's not Julio? It's not Julio. No, I don't know his real name. Man. So his name, his full name is Quintoris Lopez Jones. I did not know that. What? Yeah. Another bomb with these, like, when you're finding out people's names are just different than what you thought they were. His name is not Julio at all. Julio, Julio was a better choice, to be fair. So that was smart by him. But it's, it's not even a, it's not even a middle name or anything. Like I'm I'm just surprised. Like this whole time, he's been in the league for like over ten years, no? Yeah, that's. I I I specifically remember watching him in college, and they called him Julio Jones in the championship game. I remember this vividly. Him running down the sideline. So, this is a long time coming. This is crazy. Yeah. If he if he's not Julio, then I don't know. Then Janoris is all right to be Jackrabbit. No, that's way worse. That's way worse. That's way worse. <laughs> no. All right, everybody. Please go follow us on Twitter at Rookie Phenoms. Subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or anywhere else you get your podcasts. We are huge on verbal. Uh, get ready for our next show. What division do you want to do next web? All right. So we just did the AFC South. Why don't we do the AFC? Sorry, the NFC North. Done. Sounds good to me. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Have a great night. We out. <laughs>